Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series. Because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey everyone, Mary Alice Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success. I am so glad to be here with you today, taking over the Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students. I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. Today, it's my privilege to introduce you to one of our fabulous students, David Palmitter. David's coming in from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and we can't wait to talk to you about what it was like being a student at the Speaker Lab and where you are today. So welcome. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm good. Let's not lie. I had to do that intro like five times. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I host a television program, so I know what that's like. I one time did an entire program with the skin between my sock and pant leg on it being exposed. Oh, I feel so much better now. (laughs) I'm like a genius compared to you. (laughs) That is unbelievable. Yeah, you you have a very colorful background in terms of uh, being on air, if you will. So um, interesting that it led you to speaking. So talk to us about what did, what led you to want to be a speaker? So I always took a lot of meaning and joy from speaking, you know, that feeling of having electricity in your veins and speaking uh, to professional audiences, to lay audiences, gave me that feeling more than any other professional activity I did. So I wanted to do more of it. Wow. Well, there you go. That ties it up real simple and sweet. Uh, So what, what do you speak about? Where do you get that, you know, energy from in terms of what you speak about? So before Speaker Lab, it, it, it would take me about 15 minutes to tell you the different topics, but now I've learned it's best to focus and 
I could probably even use some more focusing, but currently as we speak today, it's about promoting meaning, joy, and resilience for working parents who feel um, badly about work-life balance. Mm. And that is such a thing, right? It's like you go to bed at night and you never did. There's not one thing that you did 100% right, right? And the thing that's frustrating for me, and you know, frustration often drives the direction of my missions, is that the science of psychology has so many helpful answers for working parents, but there's just this gap between what the science knows and what the public knows. So that's part of what I'm trying to do, too, is alleviate my own frustration with that gap. And what, where, what is the gap, if you were to define it? So um, how do, what are the practical strategies, you know, and by that I mean science-based and also can be done within a busy schedule that best promote happiness uh, and resilience? And happiness is made of both meaning, a sense of meaning and joy. And so the strategies that I bring to bear in my trainings promote those experiences for, for busy working parents. So before you came to the speaker lab, that would have taken you about 15, 20 minutes to really dive in and explain that. What were the key components of what you learned from the speaker lab that really helped you hone in on that messaging? Eric Reem's style, I think his experience, his knowledge, and his style, all three of those things are important, were important for me. He's obviously very experienced, but so are a lot of uh, speakers out there. Um, and his knowledge base about the business side of speaking is what I hadn't been exposed to before. And then he has a very authentic, direct style, which I always appreciated. Like in our very first conversation, which was before I signed up, I was concerned about return on investment for the, for the tuition fee for using Eric, and I challenged him about that. And he could have given me some slick sales thing, but he didn't do that. What he did was he told me, well, a lot of that depends on you, you know, the work you're willing to put in. If you put in the work, I feel very confident about the outcomes you'll experience, but I can't predict how much work you're willing to put in. So that sold me on investing in the tuition. And then since his style, his way of teaching the essential ingredients of prospecting in particular were just very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it does tie into that, you know, getting clear on your message um, helps you confidently prospect your pipeline, you know, to get on those phone calls. I think, I think where a lot of speakers get tripped up, if you will, is they're so focused on what they talk about, instead of focusing on what transformation impact they create. Was that something that was an aha for you in terms of prospecting? Absolutely. I would wait for talks to come to me. And I, you know, I did, I did 300-ish since the 90s. So it's not like I was without some degree of success, but it was very inconsistent. And I wasn't generating near the income that I wanted to. Uh, and my efforts were all about, you know, they were scattered. They were about how to improve my speaking skills, um, was there maybe a topic that I hadn't presented on yet that I needed to present on? And it didn't even occur to me, maybe because it's not my temperament to sell, it didn't even occur to me about the importance of prospecting and how to do that and how to do it smartly. Um, that was all new to me. So what are some of the... Um, what are some of the things that you have in place today 
that you didn't have in place, which caused some of that scatteredness or inconsistencies. But what are some of the things today that are keeping you consistent uh, in your speaking business when it comes to booking gigs and working, working this as a business? So two things, and I'm anticipating a third. Uh, the CRM, I mean, I never had anything like that before. It would just be notes or what I had in my phone. And when people talked about a CRM, it didn't convince me. Eric convinced me. And so that's been very important. It's, it's kind of, <laughs> at time, it's both a blessing and an agitation because it pops up to me like the things I need to do and make the time to do. So that's big. And then second, the um, search engine that I was exposed through in the latter modules of the elite teaching program. Uh, searches I've entered in that, I don't even know the name of it. You might know the name of it. Um, the Intel Engine, yeah. That has just led me phenomenal results. Um, so I've been using that. The third thing that I anticipate is last week I submitted my the materials I needed for a speaker lab to send me leads. So I plan on working those uh, pretty aggressively, especially now because I'm an academic and I'm on break. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think the most successful students that we have really have that um, that consistency in their business that on the daily they're working. And for those that don't know, CRM is a customer relationship management tool. And it, it literally does tell you what you need to do for the day if you organize it properly, which was one of the benefits of working with Eric. I mean, he just throws open the curtain so that you could actually see the way that he organizes his CRM. Um, you know, so you get this visual and the tactical approach to it, which is so helpful. Um, but the, you know, I love that I'm hearing you talk about that as, as like part of your new normal or your SOPs, because that that's, what's going to help you book those gigs consistently. Um, so there's no, there's no being successful without it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying before, right? Like what Eric was saying, like, I can't predict your outcomes because it really is all dependent on what you put in, like anything in life, what you put into it, you're going to go, you're, you'll get out of it. Um, and we always say this too, like, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. This is something you have to work at every single day. Um, maybe not the weekends. You could take the weekends off, but you know, it is something that you need to work at every single day and it's not one or done. Um, we often get students that say, oh, I sent 10 emails. I haven't heard anything. Well, <laughs> 10 emails, that's nothing. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So um, so you ha obviously you've been speaking for a long time and ultimately you were led to the speaker lab. Was it basically because you wanted to understand the business aspect of speaking? Exclusively. I really didn't, I mean, while I picked up some helpful tips like you can whenever you talk to other speakers. I really wasn't looking for refinement in my stage methods. Um, I, I felt like I was where I needed to be in that regard. And that was actually a trap for me because I had had success on the stage in so many different venues. I thought, well, it'll all come to me now. You know, and that's, <laughs> maybe the Obamas and the Winfrey's of the world, that can be true for them, but it's not true for the Palmeters of the world. You got to get out there and prospect. And, you know, I have had some of my own style to it, too. Um, like, for instance, when I send out an initial email, I send something that I think could be of use. 
I currently have a list of 12 practices that people living on the high road do on a consistent basis, and I've condensed it down to one, um, one page. And so I send that with every initial booking and I or request to meet. And I tell them that I'm, I think in any email, I try to send some value. And then I attempt to continue to follow up, always sending a resource that might be of interest to the person. And then I'm also integrating magic into those initial, when I schedule an initial booking meeting, because I integrate magic in my stage. Eric has taught me that I was kind of undervaluing the magic part of what I do, and Eric taught me that I really need to put that more as a focus because it's a differentiator. So I started doing that in my presentations, but now I add it to the booking calls too, and I, I'm finding it very helpful. Yeah, I, I love that you're doing that because I think, you know, um, for event planners, they're very, very busy people. And if you could add value and they could sit back and go, wow, he just, took his time to do all of that. He's very organized. He's very structured. He's probably really easy to work with. That's what they're looking for, right? They, they want easy. And I have two, two quick examples. So last week I submitted, I sent out 25 different uh, initial contacts. And it's the first time I ever did, did sent the add-on. Two of them have emailed me back saying, listen, I'm not the person you need to talk to, but I'm forwarding your content to the right person. That had never happened before. I just would get silence if I sent to the wrong person. I, my theory is that it's that, is that helpful information that I sent that led them feel like they wanted to take that step for me. What, what would you think, you know, because people are sitting there going, oh, helpful information. Let me add some, some of that. What do you think wouldn't be helpful that certain speakers might add to their emails that are actually breaking the connection versus building it? Like they say, leave them wanting more. Something that my intended audience I know loves, would love to get. And this summary of the 12 practices I have, my intended audience loves this stuff. And they can't, as soon as they read the list, they, they have questions, what about this? Well, what does that mean? And how do I do that? And so it's whatever, if I'm sending out that email, if I'm sending it out to plumbers, what do, what do my plumber audience, what are, they, what are they starving for they don't have that I have? And give them some of it. And I don't, I don't think of that as giving things away for free. I think of that as sort of a, an appetizer for them. And if they really like it, if I've, if I've created it correctly, it should leave them wanting more from me. Yeah, I mean... That is such gold. People don't realize the gold that you just dropped. And there's a couple parts to that. One, you know your audience so well that you know exactly what to send the right people because you know they're hungry for it. I find that this is a real critical missing piece. You know, like a lot of people will say, well, I don't, I think my audience is saying this, or I think this is their big, no, no, no. You have to know, you have to know your audience. You have to do that market research. You have to ask those questions to the right people. You have to pay attention when you're having conversations with your ideal audience. And then you take that information and you build critical resources that are going to really bridge that gap of the no like, and trust. And so that's powerful that you're, you're not only just sending something out 
as a resource, but you're sending something of value that you know that they're hungry for. How did you learn that about your people? Well, I was going to say, I think people listening in their non-speaking jobs or non-speaking interactions, I'm guessing that probably many people are interacting with their intended audience. Where's their pain? For me, I've been a therapist for over 30 years and working with families, working with working parents, working couples, and I know the pain, you know? And more importantly, I know the science that can be very helpful to them. You know, Tolstoy had a a saying, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family's unhappy in its own way. So the different ways people suffer can be like stars in the sky, but what promotes meaning, joy, and resilience is a fairly discreet list. And what's maddening is people don't know the list. They don't know it. But because I'm also an academic, I feel like I do know the list. And I, I, I walk the talk, I live it in my own personal life, I help all my clients with it. And so that cumulative experience has left me, um, I think, with a good sense for what my audience is starving for. Yeah, I really, I really love that. Like, that's a really profound uh, knowledge bomb that you're dropping. Like, just... You have to know your audience. And maybe you're not a therapist for 30 years. Like, don't get hung up on that. Um, But, you know, I've referenced this before. We have another student who worked in, like, um, uh, scuba diving safety. It's, It's crazy. But he took that, and now he talks to corporations about culture and safety. Like, right under his nose. Right. So it's not about having to be like David and a therapist for 30 years or be in an industry for 30 years. It could be something that you're doing every single day that you're an expert on, that you can connect that pain point and then create resources and add value to your audience. So important. I I saw Eric doing that with my cohort Um, as he heard people's stories. He was listening for knowledge within them. Uh, treasure within them that maybe they hadn't fully recognized as treasure. And a lot of it was knowledge about pain of their intended audience. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to lift people up. And and I think, too, what we do as speakers is we have to understand, like, you know, people don't necessarily care what we talk about. Stick with me for a second. They just want to know that what you talk about is going to solve their biggest pain. You're going to get me from pain island to pleasure island, right? What's in it for me? I used to craft my public education around what do I think you need to know? Uh, that that while, while my heart was in the right place, that wasn't as successful as um, let me know. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot at what I think your pain is. And you tell me if that's right or not, uh, or if it's even more collaborative, what is your pain? And then what can we do to alleviate that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's so important. So important. Um, so you talked about magic. You add magic into your talks. I'd love to know more about that. I, I had the pleasure of, of experiencing it firsthand virtually, and I was blown away, but I'd love to know how you incorporate that. And I think it's so awesome with your message of happiness and joy, um, you know, cause magic brings joy to people, makes us smile and gets us curious. So I'd love to know how you incorporate it. So there's so many ways, um, 
You know, I, I use it a lot as a therapist when I'm working with kids and teens, because most kids and teens are neutral or very opposed to seeing a therapist for the first time. So I used to engage them. I used to have a, I used to play chess with kids around how to engage them. And I had a good chess game, but now I just play checkers. I just lay magic on them and, and we're buds. You know, we're about, and I teach them how to do magic to melt their friends' brains, and now I'm like their guru, and it's, it's just, so I use it a lot in therapy. For, for presentations, you know, we as speakers, we know there's always, unless we're, it's a very short talk, if we're given like a three-hour workshop or an all-day workshop, there's moments where things wane, and you can see it in people's faces. So with all of my messages, I have some magic trick that augments it. That augments the message, so I'll just wherever the, they're waning, I break one out and infuse the room with energy again, and then I go on. So, and in booking, I had I'm thinking of one person I spoke with. It was fine. He was professional, but I wasn't really connecting. And I broke out a magic trick, similar to the one I showed you. And he he lit up like a Christmas tree. And get this, he hollers for his wife to join us show her would you show her that would you show her that uh and we just had this form this connection and you know here's the thing and i tell my therapists in training all the time because i try to get them to do magic it doesn't take a lot to be able to do magic uh there are plenty of ways that people with zero experience in magic can learn how to do magic in the ways that i'm describing here on the cheap yeah no, it's, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, I think it, it's, it's like I said, I think it's so great for your topic because it does change that mood. So such an excellent strategy, especially if you have people sitting in hours worth of workshops, it's a really awesome, awesome strategy. Uh, what are some of the reactions you've gotten from parents and, and audience members when you, when you bust out this magic? Are they like, whoa, where is this coming from? It's just magical. People's faces just get so big. You know, if I, I, I do magic at the end of all of my child and teen sessions if they want it. And 100% of them want it. I stopped asking them because it was always the same answer. And we could have had a difficult, hard session on something we've agreed they need to work on. And then I break out the magic. And it's like they're just so filled with joy and enthusiasm. And, you know, if if they're one of my magic apprentices, sometimes my clients are magic apprentices, kids and teens, and I teach them a trick, they just cannot wait to get with their friends to show them. That's so, that's really cool. I love that. It's, a, uh, it's, it's just, it's magical. I just can't believe it. I still, I'm amazed by it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, the fact that it's magical and the fact that your topic talks about happiness and joy you know, you're living it, you're practicing it, you're speaking about it, but you're also giving it uh, through the, the 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 source of magic. So that's really it's really cool to see that all in one big package. You know, um, very exciting, great way to market yourself too. You know, it's a great. I know that's not the goal of it. That wasn't the point. But to Eric's point, you know, you definitely want to hone in on that because it's it's very unique and and uh, special. So and Me you light up when you talk about it. Meeting making is great. Meeting making and money is even better, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I'd love to know, um, 
what what do you love most about your speaking business? Like what what gets you fired up? You spend so much time adding joy and happiness to others. How does how does that how does speaking do that for you? So the electricity in the moment um, to answer that question um, authentically, I I need to get a little, tiny bit, just a little bit, into my spirituality. Um, for me, when I'm presenting, actually when I'm doing therapy, and 99% of the time, I don't share this. It's just my own thing. For me, it's the work of the Holy Spirit through me. And so when I am uh, speaking to folks, and I feel my nickname for the Holy Spirit is Harmony. When I feel harmony flowing through me into the audience, and, and I feel that I'm giving them something that's going to make a difference in their lives going forward, I just uh, it's it's just so powerful and and meaningful for me, and it just lifts my life up so much. So when I end when I end up speaking or I end up doing therapy or I finished with a class of teaching, I often and I'm not I'm not being humble here. I mean this as objectively as I can be objective. I wonder who's benefited more, you know, me or the people I've served. And I don't know that I'll ever know the answer to that, um, at least in this time and space, but it's a close call. It's gonna be a neck and neck difference. That was pretty powerful. I love that. I think that that's so profound. And I think the, you know, we talked about this yesterday on our focus group call. How do you get rid of the anxiety before you get on stage? And how do you make sure that you remember everything? And that's the answer right there, right? Remove ego, replace it with why you're there, purpose. And then your content's just going to flow. You know your content. But as soon as we think that we're making this huge impact and it's all us and it's 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 everything that we've done, all our hard work, you know, that's when, yeah, you, you could get tripped up because ego's leading that ship what versus so I'm here. Yeah. What? When I was, I, my first experience as a speaker was in my 20s, and it went very well, and I loved that feeling. I didn't know what it was. But like about my fourth or fifth opportunity, I went into it thinking, how can I be impressive? How can I really, you know, have these people think I'm, I'm offering them brilliance and, and have them really love me? And it was such a depressing experience. I came back, and I was talking to some friends who knew what I was doing. And they go, usually you're uplifted after you. I said, I just felt, it was just so emptying. And it's for the difference you said. And from that moment on, I decided it had to be about how was I going to make someone else's life better. And don't you feel like you're so much more... I hate to use this word because I feel like it's overused, but I'm going to use it because it's overused and everybody will recognize it. <laughs> but don't you feel like you're so much more like in your flow when you're showing up in service um, to hold the space for your audience to ensure that they have the best experience possible? Absolutely. And that flow is a great word. I mean, there's science behind that word. And Csikszentmihalyi's book is a classic in the field of positive psychology named Flow. And absolutely, that sense of time stopping. And Csikszentmihalyi lists, I think it's 10 or 12 characteristics of being in flow. And one of them ties very much into the Ream message is you work, it's a top strength and you work your tail off at it. And Csikszentmihalyi quotes a Japanese proverb it, uh, it takes even a thief 10 years to learn his trade. 
So yeah, I think flow is really important. And once you've tasted flow, you know when you're not in it. And so if I'm doing something professionally and I'm not in flow, something's wrong, that's a problem. I have to understand it. I have to diagnose it and fix it because I don't want to go forward without flow. Life's too short. Yeah, well, I'm so glad I used the word flow because you just totally connected to it. I'm so happy I went with my gut. <laughs> but seriously, I, you know, there, there, there are students who are listening to this. There are potential students who are listening to this. And oftentimes when there's a struggle where like um, uh, prospecting's not connecting or their expert positioning statement's not connecting or their abstract's not connecting, I'm always like, you have to zoom out because you're, you're so in the outcome that you're not in the moment of what you're trying to create. And so you're disconnected, it's disjointed. And so when you're not in that flow, everything seems challenging. So if you, if you go towards from that to prospecting, there, there's gonna be a lot of bumps in the road where if you're really in that flow, it's, it flows. <laughs> because I'm a, I train therapists, I'm often in a mentoring role. And when people are in that place of lost, the two things I ask them to reflect on is <clears throat> first, what are your top strengths? The things that you have to travel far and wide to find someone as good as you in that thing. And the science makes it clear that barring brain damage, we all have top strengths, all of us. Just many people don't know what they are. What are your top strengths? And then what's the human, what's the, what bugs you about life? What annoys you about the world? What, what most gets you agitated and troubled about the world? And now finally, now, now, it's, now you know what, everything you need. How do you use your top strengths to fix that, to address that? Avoiding the, the acronym I call WAIT, which is a neurosis. WAIT stands for who am I to? Who am I to take on childhood poverty? Who am I to take on um, you know, cancer? Who, and that, that's the thing that's going to crush a mission. But if I know my top strengths and I know the pain I'm trying to alleviate, then it's just a question of using brilliant people like Grant Baldwin and, and Eric Ream to do the refining of the messaging and, how to, and the method of the messaging. Because you have what you need. You just need the structure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. It's so good. Um, I'd love to know what what's the one thing that you know you came to the speaker lab you know to really perfect the business skills on the the back end i know you mentioned the crm but what what confidence have you gained as a business as a speaker business owner from going through the speaker lab i guess the biggest thing biggest change is before i used to think about prospecting as something I don't know, like getting a tooth filled without Novocaine, you know, like just so, so odious and so, no, can someone else do that? Or let me create a reality where I don't have to do that. And that's what I was doing for so long, long my speaking. Um, so now what I've learned that when I send them information that I think will be a benefit to them and I integrate magic, the actual, pros the actual process of prospecting can be meaning-making. Instead of just seeing it as a necessary evil, uh, I now see it as part of my mission. And that, for me, that's a huge change. Yeah. Magic's very important to you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Where did yeah. that come from? You know, I, I did it a little as a kid, but then I was on a trip with my family to um, Orlando 
at, at one of the amusement parks there, and they had a free magic show, and we just went out of the heat. And I saw this magician doing uh, magic, and it's just like a lightning bolt, all the ways I could use it to form connection with kids and teens in my clinical work. Because that is, you know, I gave a lot of trainings to child clinicians, and the number one question in the Q&A is, how do you deal with P to kids and P to parents? You know, pain in the, how do you deal with and I'm sitting there in this Orlando magic shop going, oh my, I feel like I was the first one to arrive in California and find gold in them there hills. Uh, I just couldn't believe. And I've since discovered there are a few of us out there, clinicians who have discovered this and we, we, we kind of talk to each other about it and trying to get other clinicians to do the same. So I don't know, I think it was probably harmony. Yeah, because it, it really does, it moves you emotionally when you talk about it and how, um how it does form those deeper connections for you, but it's also such a strong solution or resource for the people that you serve uh, to bring that joy, to bring maybe even that distraction that they need in that moment. Um, so it, it's just, it's amazing how it was dropped on your lap and you've used it to such a wonderful advantage, you know, for all that you serve. It's really cool. Really cool. I feel like I'm just getting started too. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. It's so great. God only knows where it's going to go. That's for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of your goals when it comes to your speaking career. W what does that look like for you in the next year to three years? What do you want this to become? That's exactly the time frame I think of. I have um, two jobs and I'd like to retire from one of them. And so I'd like to replace that income with uh, speaking income which will free up a lot of my time for doing things I more want to do. Um, so that's, that's my goal, to be able to early retire from one of my uh, jobs. Okay, and are you looking to be like that speaking road warrior or more virtual or more combination of both? A combination of both, you know, I find them both very rewarding. Um, we all hate the planes, but I'm now at a point where I'm going to try to build in business class travel, which is, it should be, it shouldn't even be called, coach travel and business class travel should not both be called flying. They're just totally different experiences. So One's I, magical, one's not. <laughs> yeah, one doesn't feel like being drilled without Novocaine and the other one does. So... Uh, so if I, I won't do travel unless I can do business class, but if I can have that built in, then, then I'm, I'm equally fine doing either. Otherwise, it'll be virtual. Okay, so for any students, you know, it, it, I feel like one of the things, because you're so connected to Harmony, as you call it, um, you give yourself permission. You, you're intentional, but you do give yourself permission to go after different things in your life, magic, becoming a speaker, um, professor, therapist, all, all the things. I mean, even getting married, having children, you have to give yourself permission to do that as well. But I, I do feel there's this aura, there's this aura about you that you, you give, you, you look at a situation, you're intentional about it, and then you make the best decision for yourself and those that will be affected by that decision moving forward. Where, where did that discernment come from? You know, I think living life on the high road is a a process there's no destination no arrivals on it and one of the 12 uh, practices I mentioned is leaning into a spirituality and I I think that atheists and agnostics can get full value from that also 
there's ways to be deeply spiritual as an atheist, as an agnostic. For me, um, I've been spiritual since my early 20s. I actually spent three years in the seminary, two of them studying graduate theology in Rome. It took me three years to figure out that celibacy and I were not a good match. <laughs> That was a real quick study on that one. <laughs> but anyway, so spirituality has always been, and I, I consider my spirituality highly interactive. I go on what I call uh, prayer walks where I, um, if something's troubling me, I have a question, I just lay it out, and then I just try to listen. Um, so it's it's so, such an important part of my life uh, and defines so much of what I do. and And actually... Kudos to you for your interviewing skills, because I rarely talk about this with anybody except in my closest personal life. Because, um, you know, there's so much about talking about religion and spirituality that turns people off. Um, and there's been so many mistakes that have been done by uh, spiritual and religious leaders that I'm, I'm, I'm very hesitant about ever talking about these things. And yet, at the same time, they deeply define my professional and personal missions. No, I could see that. You, you definitely give off that energy because even, even from the first comment about you exploring the virtual VIP program and you actually reached out to Eric Ream and asked specific questions about the program, like that intentionality is very much a part of who you are. And it, it's, it's um, admirable, actually. So I, I would love for you to just kind of speak to the audience that are, they've been following the Speaker Lab. They love the Student Highlight podcast because they hear right from the students about their experience. They're sitting on the fence. They want to do it. Maybe they've read the book. They probably attended some webinars, but there's just something holding them back. Um, for those that are really meant to do this, you know, because there's a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I'll be a speaker, you know, but that's... That's not so easy, right? There's there's other components to it. What would you say to that person who knows they want to do this? It's a passion. It's part of their life purpose, but they're just they're just in that moment of not being able to say yes to themselves. So I'm a been there, done that kind of psychologist and speaker. Um, and I'll tell you, in my wide travels, I've never experienced something that can so quickly and helpfully advance a speaking business in this experience. I mean, I, because I'm also an academic, I'm skeptical, I'm, I'm, I have a critical mind about things. It's like, show me the evidence kind of approach. And so when I looked at the price tag and I shared the price tag with my wife, <laughs> that was a complex uh, deliberation. And I did the diligence I needed with the uh, person that reached out to me from your sales team and then also Eric. And I got, I got persuaded. Going into it, being very open to the fact that I might have made the wrong decision because it is a big investment of money. I'll tell you, those listening, if you're all in doubt, I, if, I can't know two things. I can't know if you've got the this talent on the stage. I, I can't know that. And I also can't know if you're willing to put in the work. But if those two things are true of you, you've got the talent on the stage, you've got that burning in you that gets unleashed on the stage and people connect with you, and you're willing to put in the work 
I don't think there's a more surefire thing you can spend your money on than this investment. I really think it's a pretty, it's hard, for, unless some tragedy falls into your life, it's hard for me to imagine that you're not going to have a similar outcome as me. From when I started the Speaker Lab till today, I've completed seven paid gigs. In the same time frame last year, I completed one in the same So that's a 700% increase. And I haven't been, because I also have two other jobs, there's just a lot of additional work I could be doing. So um, I'm very confident in those of you that are on the fence that if, if those two qualifiers are true of you, you're going to be really happy with your investment. Yeah, I think this is going to be an amazing year for you, David. You keep working your pipeline and you're consistent with your CRM. That seven is going to be 27 in no time. You'll be in business class all day, every day, David. <laughs> and your wifey might be able to get some special trips in the whole gig. <laughs> <laughs> With or without another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be like, that's the best investment you ever made. More champagne. <laughs> so we get, Grant will be getting a thank you note. <laughs> that's right. My wife, like, where's Leah Palmer? Look at our database. I don't see Leah Palmer. <laughs> That's great. Well, you're awesome. We are so excited for you. We really, um, you know, we, we love to thank our students too that come into the program, uh, do their due diligence and are truly committed to the process because one thing we're confident on, the process works if you work it. No one can convince us otherwise. And so when we have students like yourself who commit to it, plug into the coaching, um, plug into the framework, and then they're booking seven times what they did the year before, we thank you. And we're, we're, we're so proud and we're so happy for you. And, uh, you know, you're, you're doing great things in so many ways. You're doing great things. And so it's a true honor. Yeah, it's back to that thing. Who benefits more? I, um, who benefits more? Uh, you guys have a mission that you're living and you experience meaning from stories like mine and you have so many stories like mine. And I, I, I cannot believe that I don't benefit more from, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a close call for you too. Yeah. I think it's a win, win, win for everyone involved. You know, you're, you're impacting audience members. We're also impacting millions of audience members with all the thousands of speakers that we have worked with. And so it is a trickle down effect of positivity and impact. And it's, it's just, it's an amazing thing to be a part of for sure. Well said. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. There you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one -on -one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.